0: seated. I think I hear the choir out there. Some of those folks have already been through this sermon once, so after they sing, they make their way out. So uh, we appreciate the choir being willing to be here for two services week after week after week. If you would open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12, just two portions in Scripture where the ministry gifts are mentioned. We're in our series, The Disciples' Journey, and looking at this last part of Lessons on Reaching and we introduced ministry gifts last week and we're gonna define those gifts today. Um, if you look at Rome, uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 beginning in verse seven. A demonstration of the spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. To one is given a message of wisdom through the spirit. To another a message of knowledge by the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one spirit. To another, the pertaining of performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of languages. And to another, interpretation of languages. But one and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each one, to each person as he wills. Romans chapter 12 now, where Paul mentions the ministry gifts there also. But in the context specifically of the, the distinctiveness and the differences that are in the body of Christ and the importance of recognizing those. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. These are the grace gifts, the charismata, the grace gifts that God gives us. If prophecy, use it according to the standard of one's faith. If service, in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy, with cheerfulness we look at those two lists of of the gifts in the new testament and i want to say some things about those lists and also things about the lists that are on the back of your worship folder so if you would look at the back of that worship folder i had one here somewhere well anyway wherever it is you see the gifts listed there you have the um the the functional gifts you have some other gifts that are listed some uh, support gifts and some apostolic sign gifts we're not going to be talking about the support gifts today or the sign gifts we're going to focus in on those functional gifts that God gave the body of Christ so as we look at those I need to let you know that that those lists are man-made that, that you're looking at on the back of your worship folder it is our attempt to try to communicate the truths of what scripture says and what we observe in the body of Christ so you need to understand that, all right? That, that list back there is not, thus saith the Lord. God put that outline in there the way it is. That is our attempt to help us understand the giftedness in the body. Also, you need to understand that not every Christian has all the gifts, and there's not one gift that every Christian has. We are different. You probably, as you took the ministry gift survey, the, the assessment that's out there in the foyer, we've got several if you didn't pick one up. As you look at that and you go through that giftedness uh, assessment, you'll notice maybe two or three Uh, We're higher numbers than any of the others, and I I call that the gift mix. Maybe you have the gift of teaching and the gift of shepherding and the gift of leadership, and those go together, and those would make a a good gift for a pastor. So see what I'm saying? You'll have a gift mix. So as you look at those, understand that assessment is our way to help you understand what your giftedness might be. We stressed last time that ministry gifts are not adornments. They're tools, Think about them as the way God has put you together, wired you to serve and function in the body of Christ. It is not to be about, oh, look at me. I have this great gift. I'm wonderful. Let's celebrate me and my giftedness. It is all about being in awe of the fact that the giver of all good things would give me this gift, that I could use it for his glory. Is that clear? That's, That's what ministry gifts are. I have a long list of things to highlight about that. Uh, but I think that's all I'm going to say right there. That assessment is just one piece of, the, of, the, 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 uh, of your giftedness. As you look at that assessment and you look at how, you've, uh, how you function in the body of Christ, what other people observe in your life, then you begin to see, I see where I'm, how I'm gifted and how God is going to use me in a fruitful way. Remember we said that if you know what your gift is and you operate in that gift, there will be fulfillment and there will be fruitfulness. That's what, we, that's what we see evidence of. So with that in mind, let's go through the list of gifts, the speaking gifts to begin with, these functional gifts that, that we've identified as some key gifts in the body of Christ, that if we could get people to understand those gifts, because those seem to be the primary ones that, that I've observed, we can see the body of Christ functioning as effectively as it should be. These speaking gifts that we'll look at in a moment, prophecy and teaching, They're obviously what they are. They're gifts that God gives people in the area of speaking to believers and even unbelievers. They require faithfulness, time to develop, usually in a smaller arena before the arena gets larger. If we talk about these gifts, prophecy and teaching, don't just think it's just somebody standing on a stage. It can be in a small group setting. It can be even one-on-one as you minister to people with these gifts. So first of all, prophecy mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. Here's the definition. With all of these definitions, it's a given that I want to say it's a supernatural God-given ability to do this, all right? So that supernatural God-given ability to proclaim God's truth with power and clarity in a relevant fashion for correction, repentance, and edification. This is the ability to proclaim, a God-given gift to proclaim truth. We see prophecy more as a foretelling and not a foretelling, not looking into the future saying this is what's going to happen, but this is, this is like what God says about it. This is truth. A person with the gift of prophecy, things are black and white. There doesn't seem to be much gray area with that person. They just want to speak truth without any reservation into people's lives. They're concerned that we take God at his word seriously, that we take sin seriously, that truth becomes a, a, a personal thing in the lives of believers. There's a desire in the person with the gift of prophecy to reconcile people to God and to, to his word. How many of you have either taken that gift assessment or through your own experience and understanding of gifts have identified, I believe that the prophecy is one of my gifts. Raise your hand if you think that might be your gift. foretelling. okay, all over the place. So those of you who don't have that gift, you need to be listening. You need to be listening. That those people who have that gift, that's the way they're gonna operate. Now, if you have that gift, those of you who raised your hand, here's some cautions for you. You need to jot these down if that's your gift. Here's a caution. You might have a lack of compassion for other people. You might have a tendency to speak the truth without love. The Bible says speak the truth in love. You might have a tendency to leave love out of that. Tendency to be too pessimistic, to maybe be too, be too demanding, even prideful. Uh, I have a, a member of my family who has the gift of prophecy, and let me tell you, she just says it like it is. It's she just speaks the truth. And sometimes I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. And I have to step back and I, in my own sense of who I am, I realize, you know, what she said really is right. It, it really is right. I need to listen to that. Of course, I want to bring her over here to this other part, you know, I want to add some mercy in there, but, but that's, that's a prophet, prophet, prophecy. The next one is the gift of teaching. In 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 also, the gift of teaching and teachers are mentioned there. Again, this is God's supernatural ability that he's given us to understand, to clearly explain and apply God's word to people's lives. To clearly explain and apply God's word to people's lives. How many of you have, in your understanding of gifts, and say this, this is maybe one of my gifts, gift of teaching? Okay, you probably have a desire and a joy in searching the scriptures You love to see biblical principles brought out and applied to people's lives. You're all about not just saying the truth, but getting people to apply the truth. You have a tendency to be very practical. You have this sense in your mind that if you just teach them so they would understand, then they would get right with God and they would obey and everything would be good. It's just this this driving sense that I need to teach with clarity so that people can grasp it. And when they grasp it, then they'll obey. Now, those of you who have this gift, here are the cautions for you. You might have a tendency in your teaching to overload people with details, multiple pages of inserts, and fill in the blanks. We have a tendency with the gift of teaching sometimes to take simple truths and make them more confusing and complex because we want everybody to understand every aspect of those truths. A frustration if you have this gift of of not, if other people not getting excited about the teaching that you're doing, say why can't they get as excited about it as I am? So be careful if you have that gift. Now, as we go through this whole, by the way, that's my gift. So I have to, I have to move on. I could park on that one a long time. As you listen to the gift and to say, well, that's not my gift, that's not my gift, that's not my gift, that's not my gift. When's he going to get to my gift? Why don't. You mind? I want you not to do that. I want you to listen. And as you see, people raise their hands, say, "Okay, God, help me to understand them and the way you've wired them and the way you've gifted them." Because I am convinced that when we understand, does that? Do you hear what I just said? I am convinced that when we understand the giftedness that God has given us, we'll be able to understand each other better. And just like Romans chapter twelve says, we're going to be able to put others before ourselves. Let's look at the service gifts. The service gifts, these tend to be practiced behind the scenes, but not not always. Uh, These gifts, if you have these gifts, which is administration, craftsmanship, giving and helps, if you have these gifts, you, you have this sense that I can attach spiritual value to the things that I do in the body of Christ. Again, it's mentioned in Romans chapter 12. Administration, long definition, but I've tried to highlight the key words. This is the ability given by God to understand what makes an organization function, specifically the church maybe another ministry organization, but specifically for our purposes here the church, and the special ability to plan and execute procedures that increase the church's organizational effectiveness. Let me just highlight, this is the ability to understand what makes an organization function, what makes a a ministry or a church work, and to say, okay, I'm gonna plan and execute procedures that make it go more smoothly. The word administration there or managing is used for like piloting a ship where the pilot of a ship is able to negotiate that ship around hardship and and steer that ship around anything that might cause harm and deliver that ship to where it's supposed to be. That's what administration is. That this person sees the organizational aspect of the body of Christ and the church. The church is an organization and a ministry. Uh, And they're concerned that, that we be effective and efficient. You tend to view the church as a business. You're all about accomplishing the goals that the leadership establishes. You want to be committed to efficiency. You have an ability to see order in the midst of chaos. You can look at things that aren't going well and just size things up and say, well, we just need to do this, this, and this. So how many of you believe that this may be one of your gifts, the gift of administration? There's a few of us out there, okay. Those of you who raised your hand or thought about it, Some of you are so funny, you're like this. I'm not going to hold you to it, okay? (laughs) That's me. I just want you, if that's your gift, here's the cautions. You tend to see the church as an organization and not an organism. You see only the organizational aspect of the church and not the fact that we're a living, breathing body of believers. Another caution If you have this gift, you can stifle the work of the Holy Spirit because you're so committed to systems and efficiency that you forget the work of the Spirit in there. You may not be open to change. Sometimes you can be uncooperative. And I I think this one's important. If you have this gift, you might tend to use people to accomplish a task. You use people to accomplish the task. Now... That gift is a needed gift in the body of Christ. We'll talk about that as we wrap up today. If that's your gift, beware of those cautions. The next gift is a gift of craftsmanship. The gift of craftsmanship. In Exodus chapter 31, the Bible says God gave those gifted, those people who uh, put together the tabernacle and ultimately the temple, he gave them the ability to work with crafts to design things. So let's look at this definition It's the ability, God's given supernatural ability, to facilitate ministry through the creative use or construction of necessary tools for ministry. I'll just put it in my own words. These are Bruce Bugby's words. Um, Just able to build stuff for the kingdom. We got a lot of guys around here that do that. That phrase, facilitate ministry, it frees other people up to do ministry constructing things that, that you have this sense, if this is your gift, that by doing that, uh, it's gonna help the kingdom. In a, in, a, in a while, we're gonna be through here today, and we're gonna have some folks help build, start building a stage for our Christmas program. Lord willing, we'll have some people involved in that who have the gift of craftsmanship. They're wanting to use their hands-on skills and abilities to do something. We People have built things in this building Uh, tables of furniture, uh, all kinds of stuff that they've built and given for the Lord to use. That's a ministry. We want to acknowledge that. One of the cautions, if you have this gift, by the way, how many of you think craftsmanship might be one of your gifts, top gifts, okay? Several out there. You have a tendency maybe to belittle your contribution to the kingdom. Oh, all I did was made that table. All I did was built that thing. Uh, Don't belittle yourself. Craftsmanship. The next gift is the gift of giving. The gift of giving out of Romans 12. If you give, give with generosity. Here's a definition. Giving is the supernatural God-given ability to contribute money and material resources to, to the Lord's work, cheerfully and liberally. To give money and material resources to the Lord's work, cheerfully and liberally. This person views their financial or material contribution as a spiritual act of worship. And they do it cheerfully and liberally. We said this morning the only liberal thing we want in our church is liberal givers. <laughs> that, that's good. I like that. And by the way, I will say this here at the gift of giving. You can't say, well, that's not my gift. I don't have to give. We all have the responsibility to give, Right? That's not my gift, I don't have to serve. We all have the responsibility to serve. So these are just giftedness where a person identifies this is really what what motivates you and what fulfills you and brings fruit in your life. This person with this gift is, is that, that word cheerfully and liberally, those words, this person is always looking for ways to give more. I love people with the gift of giving. My dad had that gift. My dad gave and gave and gave and gave and gave. A lot of what he did, he never let anybody know about. Uh, when, I, when we were going through my dad's stuff after he passed away, not fun for anybody, but there on his desk uh, were, was his ledger where he had met- meticulously, methodically listed every month every ministry he was giving to so that he could make sure that he sent, and again, he was in his 80s, retired, limited income. His ten dollars to this ministry, his twenty dollars to that ministry, his ten dollars every month, faithfully, faithfully, faithfully. But I watched my dad all his life give. That was his gift. He was always looking for a way to give. How many of you? Now you're not bragging, okay? We're not doing that, are we? This is not about adornments. But how many of you, as you look at the giftedness and listen to these definitions and took the assessment, think that giving might be one of your top gifts up there? Okay. Well, what a what a great. What a great thing to have. If you have that gift, you encourage others to give by your giving. Those are the people who are, Pastor, when's the next offering? Pastor, when can we, when can we do that? Are there, is there anybody in need? I love it. I have people stop me all the time and say, Pastor, if you ever hear anybody that has a need? You just let me know. You just call me. Just call me. What's with that? person has the gift of giving. A couple of cautions here. You have the tendency to see that giving is just something you do but not really a part, an active, vital part of the ministry. Another caution, you might want to use your gifts as leverage to get the church or the ministry to do what you think they ought to do. Be careful about that if you have the gift of giving. Um, what a blessing. I love it when we have special offerings around here, and I don't, I don't get to see who gives what, but um, to, to notice the compassion jar is out there, and, and like 1500 something dollars came in when we put the jar out there last time. And I really believe that some people with the gift of giving just said, man, all right, here's another chance to give. The gift of helps, mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 again. This is God's ability, supernatural ability that he's given us to attach spiritual value to the accomplishment of practical and necessary tasks which support the body of Christ. Again, I've highlighted what I believe the two key words. This is the gift to to do practical things that support the body of Christ. If you have the gift of helps or the gift of service, you you are able to attach spiritual significance to doing stuff like that, especially stuff behind the scenes. You see what others see as routine, mundane tasks. You see those as ministry. Whether you're stacking chairs or lining chairs up or vacuuming the carpet or doing bulletin boards or whatever it is you're doing, behind the scenes so nobody can see, you're fulfilled in the fact that that's something you're doing, and it's important for the, the body. You're a hands-on kind of person, and that frees other people up to do ministry. Most of you, if that's your gift, you need leadership and direction. I love it, some of our folks in this church who have the gift of helps, they're just, pastor, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And once they do it, you know what they are say, okay, I'm ready to move on, give me something else. I did that, give me something else, I wanna do something else. There are folks who want to be actively doing, hands on. How many of you think you might have the gift of helps, the gift of service, okay? All over the place, good. Here's your cautions. You might have difficulty saying no, being overcommitted. Sometimes a person with this gift gets their personal life out of balance. They're so busy helping everybody else, they forget to help their family, which is your first ministry, by the way. Did y'all know that? Your first ministry is not the people down at church. Your first ministry is your family. Husbands, it's your wives and your children. Wives, it's your husbands and your kids. That's your, that's your first ministry. Don't get out of balance. Don't neglect your family. Um, and this, I don't see this often, but sometimes here's a caution for you. If that's your gift, you might crave recognition for what you did behind the scenes. You know, you kind of hint. I'm ready for an attaboy because I was working down there where nobody else was there working. I did that. Somebody tell me, be careful about that, seeking that recognition, the gift of helps. Let's look at the people-intensive gifts. My definitions on these are not too long, so this will go quickly, all right? Everybody said amen. The people-intensive gifts, counseling. We see uh, in Matthew chapter five and in the book of Proverbs, God's wisdom, uh, one through the, the prophets, another through Jesus himself. Uh, the gift of counseling. This is the ability to effectively listen to people and assist them in their quest for psychological and relational wholeness. I like that, effectively listen. This doesn't mean you're a professional counselor. This doesn't mean you're that that's what you do, that's all you do. It means you have this, it may, ultimately, you may say, God, you've wired me this way, gifted me this way, I'm gonna do this as a ministry full time, but it means that you have this sense initially to effectively listen to people People feel safe approaching you. Uh, you know when it, it's the right time to speak and when it's the right time to listen. You know when it's time to apply tough love and a specific plan of action. How many of you think that the gift of counseling may be your gift where you can listen to people? Yeah, okay. Cautions there. Um, probably the, the one that I would highlight the most is, is if we have the gift of counseling, tendency to get in a hurry to give a solution. Oh, I know, I know what's wrong, I, 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 I need to tell them what's wrong right now. Uh, just to step back and listen and let that person share. The gift of encouragement, encouragement. Again in Romans chapter 12 verse eight, this is the ability to reassure, to strengthen, and to affirm those who are discouraged in their faith. Encouragers, if this is your gift, you help people get unstuck on the road to life. You might have a fix-it philosophy. Man, just get in there and just cheer them up. Buck up, brother, and let's go. Somebody defined this as a spiritual cheerleader. That that person just in there saying, rah, rah, let's do this for the, for the kingdom. You call people to trust God. You, you, just, you just want them to understand what good things can happen if they just trust God. A couple of cautions here. By the way, who thinks you have the gift of encouragement? Gift of encouragement. All right. One guy said, it says a, a exhortation. In, in my translation, the guy said, I, I think I have the gift of extortion. I read it there. Uh, it's exhortation. That's why I use encouragement. Okay, many hands went up. Did you notice that? I think that's interesting. Many hands went up. Here are your cautions. You might tend to be too simple and too optimistic. Take time to connect with people. Don't just say, boy, let's go. Get involved in their life. And, and everything isn't as simple as you might think it is. But be there, encourage. Evangelism, the gift of evangelism. This is the ability given by God, mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4, to effectively communicate the message of Christ to unbelievers so that they respond in faith and move toward discipleship. Effectively communicate the message to unbelievers. The best word that I, the phrase that I heard to describe this gift is this person is able to draw the net. Now again, the fact that the gift of evangelism is a gift, don't confuse that with our obligation to witness, okay? You can't say, it's not my gift, I don't have to tell anybody about Jesus. I believe this gift describes a person who is able to draw the net. Zach Edwards is our our pastor we're sponsoring in um, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Zach's dad, his name is Bruce. Bruce has the gift of evangelism, he can draw the net. I've taken Bruce to meet with people who I've talked to, I've witnessed to, I've pled with to receive Christ and Bruce sits, sits down with them and just like that, he draws the net and they're ready to receive Christ. And I said, oh, man, I wish I could do that. And God says, it's okay, Kevin, that's not, that's not the way you're gifted. But Bruce is. Bruce is. Evangelism, drawing the net. Um, I think the main caution there, how many of you think this is your gift, the gift of evangelism? Okay, a few hands out here. One caution there is being critical of others who don't have your gift. We've said that evangelism, sharing Christ is a chain with many links, Some people are the first link, second, third, fourth law, and some people are the last link. If you have the gift of evangelism, you find yourself being the last link all the time, drawing the net. The gift of hospitality, the gift of hospitality, based in 1 Peter 4, where it's mentioned as one of the gifts. This is to personally care for people by providing fellowship, food, or shelter. Personally care for people. This is not the gift of entertaining I love to decorate my house and have people over so they can see what theme it is this week. Ladies, I know, I know about that. Whenever we have something going on around church and event, the ladies will say, Pastor, what's the theme? I don't know what the theme is. It's a conference. We're gonna, it's a seminar. I don't have a theme for that. This is not the same thing. This is this is this ability to gather people to make them feel safe and comfortable where fellowship just is natural. This gift of of giving people personal attention, creating an atmosphere, maybe it's in your home, maybe it's at your workplace, maybe it's in a connection class, maybe it's in a grace group. How many of you think you might have the gift of hospitality? Okay, use that gift. Um, Caution, a lack of balance again. You might overuse that gift in making others feel comfortable to the neglect of your family, hospitality. Leadership, the gift of leadership. Romans chapter 12, verse eight again. Leadership is the ability to instill vision, to motivate and direct people to accomplish the work of the ministry. Instilling vision. This person motivates, paints a picture of what it should be. People wanna follow enthusiastically. They want to get involved. A family friend of ours, John Bassanio at First Baptist Houston, man, he's got the, he's got the gift of leadership. Now, you get around John for 30 minutes and you want to charge the hill, whatever it is, wherever it is, whatever the charging's for. Just get you excited and you want to be a part of accomplishing great things for the kingdom of God. A big picture person, a vision caster. How many of you think leadership might be your gift? Okay, a few in here, all right, okay. Um, some cautions there. Tendency to overlook the relational aspect of reaching the goals. You got the gift of leadership, let's take the hill. And just you leave everybody in the wake while you're taking the hill, right? Neglecting the relational aspect of of that, that, uh, that ministry of leading people. You might have the tendency to become impatient with people. Why can't they catch the vision like I've got the vision? The gift of mercy. This is the ability to minister cheerfully and appropriately to people who are suffering to minister cheerfully and appropriately to people who are suffering. You have been in hospitals and nursing homes like I have with people who you think they don't need to be here. They're here trying to cheer people up. They're here trying to to minister and they're not comfortable and it's awkward. Uh, This is not that kind of thing. This is to go in and and cheerfully, appropriately minister to people who are suffering. You're you're energized by that. You emotionally bond with people who suffer you're very positive in your faith. You have strength and patience with people who are suffering. When someone has cancer, when someone is in, in, a, in a crisis situation, you can just come alongside and, and you empathize with them and you, you care for them and pray for them and hold their hand. You just It's mercy. You show mercy. How many of you believe that's one of your top gifts? Okay. The gift of mercy. Um, you can see all the uses of that. Just some cautions there. You might become, you might get this sense that you are personally responsible for alleviating their suffering. You're not. You're just there to be alongside them. You can't take all of their pain on you, and it, will, it, will, it can overwhelm you. And again, another caution, you can get out of balance. You can so minister to others that you, you neglect the ministry to your own family. The gift of mercy. We have people in this church with the gift of mercy. I watch it all the time. Um, I can guarantee you when there's a need that comes up, certain people are going to go to that need. They're going to want people praying about it. They're going to want people giving to it. They're going to want people involved in it because their mercy, just their mercy clicks in. And you can see how God wired the body because he has prophets who say, that's the way it is. Do it, get right. And you have people with mercy. Man, let's love them. Let's love them. It's the a good gift, we need the gift of mercy. The gift of shepherding, This is the ability to guide, to care for, and nurture individuals in the body of Christ as they grow in their faith. The word pastor is the same word as shepherd in Ephesians chapter 4. This is the pastoring gift. Hopefully, not always, a pastor should have the the shepherding gift to guide, to care for, to nurture individuals. This person's committed to long-term relationships, believes in in in-life teaching, wants to lead people or protect that group, maybe it's a small group, maybe it's a congregation. How many of you think shepherding may be your gift? Okay. All right. Cautions. You can overprotect. You can deny deny people the hard locks of knife in real life and real life experiences. You you might abuse your authority. When you're a shepherd and people follow you, you could lead them anywhere. I know folks like that. All they have to do is say, we're going to do this, and it's not so much the gift of leadership as it's shepherding, because they've invested their life in a group of people, and those people will follow them anywhere. Be careful about that, because they'll follow you anywhere. Another caution with shepherding is you might want to carry others' burdens. Let's look at our last two. They're listed as other because they don't fit any of our other neat little giftednesses. See, if God had made this list, it would fit perfectly, but we're trying our best to understand it, so... Communication, Creative communication. This is the ability to communicate God's truth through a variety of art forms. A variety of art forms. One of our young ladies this morning said, Pastor, I've got to take issue with your gift assessment. Show me where creative communication is in the New Testament. And I said, well, here's what we're doing. We're looking at the congregation. We're looking at the body of Christ. We're saying, God, we see some gifts operating. Where do we see that in Scripture? If you If you look, you see in the parables that Jesus taught, and you look at the Psalms, you see people writing poetry, being very, very creative in the writing and communicating. And so since we've seen that in the body, I wanna identify that as an area of giftedness. Again, this is just our attempt to help us understand how God's put us together, okay? Characteristics, you like variety. You love bringing new perspective to a truth. Uh, You're the person that after I tell a, a biblical principle, you think, man, he could've used this illustration. He could've shared that story. Oh, he could have, I have people write me poetry at the end of a sermon saying, Pastor, this poem would have been great. I've I've got people saying, I've written this song that goes with that. Creative communication. These are are people who are artsy, people who are creative, people who who, um, are involved in all the ministries that that have to do with music and, and the visual ministries and drama and all that stuff. Creative communication. How many of you think this may be your gift? Creative communication, a few of you out there. Uh, Cautions being artsy for art's sake. Just being creative just to be creative. Not being creative to communicate truth. And your ego and pride can take over. The last gift on my list today is intercession. I'm not gonna read this, but Colossians chapter one, Paul prays a prayer that shows me he had the gift of intercession. It is the ability to consistently pray on behalf of others, and pray for others and see specific results. You feel compelled to pray earnestly on behalf of somebody or a cause. There's a daily awareness. There's a consistency. You're not just something, some person says, I'm gonna pray for that. You are driven to pray for people. A deep conviction that God's gonna move in response to prayer. My mother had this gift. My mother prayed for me when I was a little boy, when I was a teenager, when I became a young adult, my mother interceded for me that God would intervene in my life and save me and use me. And she did it consistently, and it was a passion of hers. I, I saw her intercede for others, and there's fruit in that. I'm, I'm fruit from my mother's prayer life. How many of you believe that intercession may be your gift, okay? Boy, how we need that gift? Intercession. I think the only caution there is be careful about a holier than thou attitude. I'm a prayer warrior, what's your gift? (laughs) I, I intercede on your behalf at the throne of Jesus every day for you, what are you doing? Be careful about that attitude. Now I'm gonna close with this scenario in a Sunday morning at Coastal Oaks Church and I'm just gonna go through these gifts just like I've listed them alphabetically in each section. On any given Sunday morning, a connection class teacher shows up They have the gift of prophecy. They speak truth to their class. They let people know clearly this is the word of God. This is what disobedience is. That person has the gift of prophecy. Maybe uh, a young person, a young lady, who's going through a struggle in her life because of some bad choices she makes. Another lady comes alongside her who has the gift of prophecy and begins to speak truth into her life, saying the reason you're in that mess is because of these choices you've made. There's, There's the gift of prophecy at work. The gift of teaching is obvious in our small groups during the week, possibly our connection classes Sunday morning time we have teaching that takes place administration organized systems that make it work we meet here every Sunday morning and we show up and the lights are on and the air conditioning or the heat is working and everything's the way it should be and we have a a bulletin that's been produced and we have systems that are working here because people with the gift of administration have been doing that they've been organizing they've been scheduling on any given Sunday morning, we have men who show up at 7 o'clock to pray, worship team who shows up a little after that, choir who shows up a little bit after that, then we've got a worship service, then we've got connection class, and we've got children's ministry, we've got little coasters, we, all that stuff takes place because someone with the gift of administration is helping make that happen in those areas. The gifts of craftsmanship, we have displays that are built out there in our foyer, we have tables and chairs that people have made and, and constructed for ministry here to be used. This building that we're sitting in, because some people had the gift of craftsmanship. The gift of giving, that's obvious. Every Sunday morning, whenever there's a special need, especially, those people respond in, in a generous way. The gifts of help, the facilities were clean, weren't they? The chairs were in rows where you could sit. There were envelopes and cards in the in the pockets. People with the gift of helps had everything ready. The programs, the bulletins were folded. Counseling is evident when you have people listening to each other's struggle on a Sunday morning. The gift of encouragement. The encouragers met you when you got here this morning. You didn't know who they were, but they encouraged you and you sought them out because they, give you an, they uplift you. The gift of evangelism is people are sharing Christ and happens here all the time between services. People lead people to Christ. Hospitality, our greeters, maybe in your connection class, creating an environment where fellowship can take place. The gift of leadership. We have not only leaders, but people with the gift challenging one another to fulfill the vision. People showing mercy already this morning with our folks in need and suffering. And Maybe you prayed for someone. The gift of shepherding is taking place in connection classes in this place. Creative communication. You've seen it here on the platform. It's taking place right now as people use their gifts. Intercession, they're praying for me right now. Some folks with that gift. See how all that works? If you didn't know that you had a gift, you need to know that you have a gift now. And this ministry doesn't take place without giftedness. Let's celebrate that. Let's understand one another. Will you pray with me?